Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. I recognize the wisdom of God along with the power of God. Then I start to think, well, maybe God knows what he's doing after all. And maybe being in this storm isn't my demise. Maybe it's through this storm that I'm actually going to have a greater experience with God. That is what the storms will do. And they will also show us the faithfulness of God. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, in a message titled, Jesus and the Storm. Now, here's Pastor Brian. The wind can blow really hard. The wind generally dies down in the evenings, but sometimes it'll blow, you know, even late into the night. And when it does that, if you've had a really stormy sea, even though the wind has stopped maybe hours earlier, the sea doesn't really settle and calm down immediately. Sometimes it takes quite a while. So being a surfer, I've had those times where, you know, the wind would be blowing hard one day and it would blow into the evening, but you're, you're hopeful that, okay, the next morning it's going to be smooth, it's going to be glassy, it's going to be good, and you go down and you see it's all stormy and bumpy, and you're like, oh, man, what? You know, the, so the wind died down, but the sea was still stirred up. In the case with Jesus, and when you think about what the sea must have looked like for these guys to think that their, their boat's going to go under, and by the way, the boat that they were in was probably at least 30 feet long about seven and a half feet wide, about four feet high. So, you know, it's a boat that, that's not easily going to be sinking, but nevertheless, for them, you know, they're sure that it's going to sink. But what Jesus does here is he doesn't just stop the wind, but he brings an immediate calm to the sea. So it wasn't just simply the wind stopped and then, you know, a couple hours later, everything was smooth again. No, it was the wind stopped and everything became sheet glass. You ever see the surface of, a, of the water? We call it glassy because it's like glass. You can like see your face in it. That's what happened. So there's a great calm. And as a result of this, these guys were suddenly more fearful of Jesus than they were of the storm. And they said, who can this be? that even the wind and the waves obey him. So, you know, they, they thought they knew who he was, but they really didn't know who he was. But they were beginning to realize who he was at this point. And, and listen, like I said, we all go through storms. And the important thing in the storm is to remember who Jesus is that he has the power to calm the storm in a second. He has that power. And so like he said to them, why are you afraid? You know, when we are afraid, and, and we all get afraid when we go into storms. I wish I could say that I am totally fearless entering into a storm, but I'm not. Even though I've been in a lot of storms, <laughs> even though the Lord has met me in many of those storms, even though he's brought me through lots of storms. 
Oh, whenever a storm starts brewing, I'm like, oh, no. But I have to refocus. I have to go back and remember, wait a second. Jesus is in the boat. Just like he was there on the Sea of Galilee, he's with me now. And just like he could speak to the wind and he could immediately calm the sea, he can and he will do those things for us. But I want to take us back to the question that we sort of left off on a moment ago. And as we were saying that not only does God not exempt us from storms, that there are times when God will actually lead us into the storms, as we saw with Jesus, let us go to the other side. The question is, well, why? Why would God do that? And, you know, this is the big question that people have today about so much of, you know, what, what's happening in the world. Uh, the big question in the skeptics and the critics and the, you know, the, the atheists and the agnostics and all, you know, it, it always comes down to this, well, why? Why would God allow something like this? And since I don't understand why God would allow something like this, I'm not going to believe in that God. If you say that that God allows it, then I'm not going to have anything to do with it. It's not a scientific argument. It's not even a good philosophical argument. It's just a personal. If that's who God is, I don't like that. If God allows storms in people's lives, I don't like a God like that. I want a God who doesn't allow storms in people's lives. So why does God allow things? Well, Storms actually teach us things that we would not learn otherwise. You know, I would prefer to never be in a storm. But you learn a lot of things in a storm. I would prefer to never have a ripple in the water. I just like smooth sailing. But you know, if I only lived a life that was smooth sailing, I wouldn't be much help to any of you because you're passing through storms. But you know, I actually have been through some storms. <laughs> so I can say, well, let me tell you what the Lord did for me in my storm. And that can be an encouragement to you. So I would prefer not to do that, but you know, God, God's got a plan and he knows what we need. And, and the storm will teach us things that we need to know. Number one, the storm teaches us things about ourselves. It teaches us, first of all, how fragile we really are. You know, we, a lot of times, you know, we, we kind of just think ourselves invincible. But a storm, man, it just shows you real quickly. I would imagine that these guys, I would imagine that just naturally they were pretty confident when it came to the sea. Now, Jesus wasn't himself a sailor, but they were. Jesus, of course, was a carpenter. Jesus grew up in Nazareth, which is on the other side of Galilee. These guys grew up right on the sea. They'd been on the sea their whole lives. I would imagine that they were probably a little bit self-confident about the sea. But man, they learned really quick how fragile they really were. So that'll happen. We'll, we'll learn our, our fragility. Uh, we'll learn how ignorant we are. Again, we tend to think we know a lot of things. And sometimes we do know a lot of things. But 
we will find ourselves in a storm. We will find ourselves in circumstances that are so beyond us. They're just completely perplexing. We, do, we really don't know how to handle this. We don't know how to navigate this. And I thought I was so smart and I thought I knew it all and had it all together and could figure it all out. And suddenly I find, I don't, I don't know anything. This storm is beyond me. And we also discover how powerless we are. You know, you th- I, I, I think of, you know, people who are, you know, people who are wealthy, behind that wealth is a certain amount of power. And they put a lot of confidence in that wealth and, and in the power that has come from it. But, you know, many people discover in certain circumstances, in many storms of life, that power does nothing. That power can't change a thing. You might have all of that power. You might be a person of tremendous influence and authority. And, you know, you might have, uh, you know, hundreds of people that just, you know, when you snap your fingers, they jump. But you, you find yourself in a situation where you have no power. That's what a storm does. A storm teaches us about ourselves, but the storm also teaches us about God. Because you see, it's during the storms that because we realize how helpless we are, we look beyond ourselves, we start to look to God, and then we find that God actually exists and God actually has power. And that's the first thing that we see, that that God has power. There's no storm that he can't calm. And Jesus is doing this literally physically to teach us the lesson that even in the most intense storm, the storm that has frightened these seasoned sailors to the point that they think they're going to die, just take that and transfer it over to anything that you might go through. The lesson is God has power to subdue all of that. God has power to bring peace and to calm the whole situation. We learn that about God in the storm. We learn that not only is God powerful, but when we recognize the power of God, we also then understand the wisdom of God because no one could have the power that God has without also having the wisdom. You know, when I I think of the demonstration of God's power in creation, you know, when you, when you really start to look at just the created order, when you start to look, whether you want to look at the, the micro universe or the macro universe, you, know, you want to get out a, a, a microscope and, you know, look at, the, look at the details of things that we can't see and the complexity, or you want to get the, you know, the Hubble telescope and you want to look out at the, you know, the expanse of the universe, what, whatever thing you look at. Not only do you realize the power of God, but you realize the wisdom of God. Man, what kind of wisdom made this and orders this and it controls it. So when I recognize the, the wisdom of God along with the power of God, then I start to think, well, maybe God knows what he's doing after all. And maybe being in this storm isn't what I thought it was, my demise, maybe it's through this storm that I'm actually going to have a greater experience with God. That is what the storms will do. 
And they will also, thirdly, show us the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Jesus rebukes these guys. He says, why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? What, well, where was their faith supposed to be? Well, it, it should have been in him, but it could have also been in his word because Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Jesus didn't say, let's go out in the lake and die. He said, let's go to the other side. And listen, God is faithful. And all of us need to learn the lesson that when God speaks, we take it to heart and we trust because God is faithful. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And God is faithful. And God's never let anyone down. Never, ever. Now, sometimes we feel like God let us down because we thought that God should do something a certain way and he didn't do it. Two things. Number one, it's not over yet. See, you think it's over because God didn't do things the way you thought he should do it. And so as far as you're concerned, it's like, wow, this, you know, it's over. God had his moment. The opportunity was right there. God should have done this, but he didn't do it. But I said, listen, it's not over. So secondly, don't stop praying and trusting. Don't stop praying and trusting. Because you think God missed the moment. Because remember, the God who created everything is not only all powerful, he's all wise. He knows what he's doing. And so God is faithful. That's what we learn. And then finally, the final thing that we learn when God leads us into a storm is, you know, we learn what really matters. This is what happens. You know, a storm puts everything back in perspective because we can get things so out of perspective, right? And we can get our priorities all mixed up. And a storm will come along and man, it'll just set everything right. I can't think of, I mean, I can't um, tell you how many times I've seen this happen where, you know, Christians, you get, you get your priorities all out of whack. And, you know, where the Lord was first and people were seeking God and following, then, you know, the cares of life come in and, you know, we want to do this and we got to do that. And, 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 you know, pretty soon everything's so out of order. And suddenly the storm hits, and what does it do? It just brings everything right back into focus. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we doing focusing on that thing? Anyway, we need to get our focus back on the Lord. God, forgive us. And, you know, it just it sorts things out. That's what happens. What, what happens in a storm is I begin to realize, you know, a lot of things don't matter like I thought they did. But that's what happens. And that is why God will at times not just allow us to go into a storm, he will direct us into one to get our priorities sorted, to get our perspective back where it should be. And so, listen closely. Don't be afraid. The same Jesus that was in that boat 
is with you and he's with me. And he's the one who has the power to say to the wind, be still. And to the sea, be calm. And, and he knows the right moment when that needs to be done. And, and for you, maybe today, you feel like he must be asleep in the boat. Or maybe he's not even in the boat. Maybe he doesn't even know that I'm in the boat and I'm sinking. No, he knows. He knows all of that. But in his great wisdom and love, he also knows when to speak peace to the situation. But for now, like he said to them, why are you afraid? He's with with us in the storm. And he wants us to rest in that, just as he was resting in the boat then. Now, one final thing, and this, we're going to take a bit of a different turn here as we close today. There's an interesting parallel between the story that we read here and another story in the Bible. And I'm going to read to you a portion from a book written by um, Timothy Keller. I've quoted Timothy Keller many times. Uh, In his study through the Gospel of Mark, he does this interesting, he, he brings out this interesting parallel between the story that we have here and the story of Jonah. And I want to kind of tie it all together with this. So let me read this to you. He said this. He said, Mark has deliberately laid out this account using language that is parallel, almost identical to the language of the famous Old Testament account of Jonah. Both Jesus and Jonah were in a boat and both boats were overtaken by a storm. The descriptions are almost identical. Both Jesus and Jonah were asleep. In both stories, the sailors woke up the sleeper and said, we're going to die. And in both cases, there was a miraculous divine intervention and the sea was calm. Further, in both stories, the sailors then became even more terrified than they were before the storm was calmed. Two almost identical stories with just one difference. In the midst of the storm, Jonah said to the sailors, in effect, there's only one thing to do. If I perish, you survive. If I die, you will live. And they threw him into the sea, which doesn't happen in Mark's story, or does it? I think Mark's showing that the stories aren't different when you stand back a bit and look at them with the rest of the story of Jesus in view. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says one that is one greater than Jonah is here, and he's referring to himself. He would say, I am the true Jonah. He meant this. Someday I'm going to calm all storms, still all waves. I'm going to destroy destruction, break brokenness, and kill death. How can he do that? He can do it only because When he was on the cross, he was thrown willingly, like Jonah, into the ultimate storm, under the ultimate waves, the waves of sin and death. Jesus was thrown 
into the only storm that can actually sink us, the storm of eternal justice, of what we owe God for our wrongdoing. The storm wasn't calmed until it swept him away. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So the great storm, the greatest storm, the storm of God's judgment against sin, Jesus calmed that storm by, as Keller said, metaphorically being cast into the sea of judgment. And he did that because he loved us. And because he demonstrated his love by allowing himself to be cast into that storm of death, we can have every bit of confidence that having done that for us, everything else is already covered. It's already taken care of. And so maybe, like the disciples, you find yourself in a storm today. Well, take heart. Be of good cheer. Because the Lord has calmed the storm. And just trust him. It's simple. In one sense, it's hard in another. It's hard because we always come to the, but what if this and what if that? And I don't understand, you know, and there's just a point where you just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And when you do that, that in and of itself will calm the storm. You know, maybe you're with us today and maybe you're not following Christ, but it's a storm that has brought you here today. You know, that will happen. When you're going through a storm, you're looking for an answer. You're looking for deliverance. And, you know, thank God a lot of people get washed up on the beach of Calvary or some other church. And you find yourself here, and it's not where you planned on being. Of course, the storm is not where you planned on being, but that's where you're at. And so the storm has brought you here today. And, and the storm has brought you here so you could call upon the one who went into God's storm or into the storm of God's judgment and bore your sin so you could be forgiven and delivered. And, and you're here today to know that God himself, he loves you and he's got a plan for you. And it's not that you should perish in the storm but that you should be delivered from your sin and that he would begin to work in your current situation to bring that peace and that calm that he has in store for you. And so if that's you today, just today's the day to receive that, that hand. You know, when... Um, and you think, you think of, you know, somebody that's out in, in a stormy water, you know, somebody gets washed down a river or somebody's out in a lake or, or out in the sea or whatever. You know, what, what do we throw to them? We throw to them a lifesaver. Well, Jesus is that lifesaver. God's thrown out to us 
the gospel. And all we do is just grab on. And that's it. And so today, just grab on to the Savior. Just say, I need to be saved. And Jesus will save you. And he will calm the storm. He calmed the ultimate storm like we just read. But he will calm the current one as well in his time. And you can rest in that. July, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Another Gospel by Elisa Childers. Progressive Christianity undermines the authority of Scripture and redefines many essential truths of the gospel. With powerful insight and intellectual integrity, Elisa Childers compares and contrasts the historic Christian gospel with the progressive gospel, enabling you to wrestle with doubts of your own or the challenge of others to the historic Christian faith. The book Another Gospel by Elisa Childers is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.